This episode of the Mighty Parenting Podcast is sponsored by Usual Wines. All right, full disclosure, I'm not a huge wine drinker. I don't have a wine fridge or a wine cellar, and I hate that partially used bottle rolling around in the fridge. But Usual Wines just changed the game. Their wines are made with minimal intervention, no added sugar, and no other additives. And that means no nitrates that give some of the people in my house a headache the next day. Their growing practices and a truly clean wine were huge draws for me, but the 6.3 ounce bottle size sealed the deal. That's just one really nice glass of wine, or like I did the first time I tried it, I split one with my daughter. That way I feel like I can have a glass of wine on a weeknight, even though I have an early morning the next day. So check out their website at www.usualwines.com and use my discount code MIGHTY, all in caps, to get $8 off your first order and try your first glass on us. Then let me know about your experience. This episode of the Mighty Parenting Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses Plus. The Great Courses Plus brings us really amazing opportunities for becoming informed, being creative, being inspired, relaxed, and I found a new course that inspires me. It is How to Sing. And when I opened it up, it reminded me of the cooking class I did through there, Rediscovering the Lost Art of Cooking, because they both take you down to the basic levels and they teach you the fundamental building blocks that you need to learn to do something. I'm really excited about it. I think I will become more confident and maybe not self-conscious about singing, which is something that I think my daughter would enjoy. She loves music. It's something I'd love to share with her. So I'm gonna get started on the course and then I'm gonna pull her in so that we can go through it together. You should check it out. I'm sure you'll find something in the Great Courses Plus for everyone in your family. And they're offering a full access free trial to Mighty Parents at thegreatcoursesplus.com slash mightyparenting. Welcome to Mighty Parenting, a podcast with real, raw, and relevant talk about raising teens and parenting young adults. Welcome to Mighty Parenting, a community where we help you raise teens and parent 20-somethings so they can become happy, successful, and emotionally healthy adults. I'm Sandy Fowler, stress relief coach, emotional wellness speaker, and host of the Mighty Parenting Podcast. And thank you for being here today. I'm so excited to have you be part of our conversation. But remember to visit mightyparenting.com and explore there to see what else I have for you, including detailed show notes on this episode episode and every podcast episode. Today, we are going to be talking about our kids growing up and beginning to date or be in the midst of dating or haven't been done it for a while because things are so different from when we grew up. I think many of us feel a little bit lost when it comes to guiding our kids through this, I guess, rite of passage, I would call it. I know I see kids using text to have important conversations, which any parent I've talked to, we just cannot wrap our minds around that one. Uh, Many of them are participating in the hooking up scene and others are just not 
really dating at all. And so there's so much going on and it's a lot to navigate. Helping us with that today is Joe Beth Evans. Joe Beth is a transformational coach who helps teens make the transition from high school to college. So she's there, she's talking with our kids, she understands them and what's going on. And she's joined us today to share some insights and help us parents get a handle on what's happening in this part of their lives. Joe Beth, welcome to Mighty Parenting. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. In some ways, I know relationships never change. And in others, it's this whole new world. And like I said, you know, as, as parents, I, I feel a little lost sometimes. I mean, you know, my girls are in their early 20s. And I'm by no means unhappy with the way they're handling dating lives. But I have to admit that sometimes I don't fully understand it, and it can make it really interesting for a parent. So I'm kind of curious, you know, I mentioned a few scenarios here at the beginning. I'm kind of curious if those are things you're seeing, or if maybe there's um, something different going on, and parents just kind of want, we want to get to sort of this, um, let's start with a, a big picture feel for what is happening in teen dating lives? Well, something I think that's really important for all parents to remember is that this is a different time in the world and we can't expect our children's dating lives to look like our dating lives or the dating lives of our grandparents. So if you think about the way your grandparents dated, it looks very different from the way you dated. And I think it's, we should expect that the way that our kids are going today, or my kids, you know, they're not at the age of dating yet, but the way they're going today is going to look very different than the way that I dated. So it's just evolving over time. And I think something that's really important for parents to remember is that we don't need to put our expectations for what dating looks like on our children. Like, cause it's really, um, it, it is their life. And they're going to initiate in this relationship and this dating the way that is comfortable for them. So with that being said, there are boundaries that need to be in relationships, obviously. So it doesn't matter if it's 1920 or 2020. There are things that are important in relationships, boundaries, making sure that you're safe making sure that, um, or, you know, you're making sure your child is safe, making sure that they're in a healthy relationship. Those things haven't changed. It's just the way that it's being initiated and carried out that is, that is so significantly different than what we have experienced in the past with the dating apps and the texting, and then connecting with people through Facebook, um, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, all those connecting that way. It seems strange to us. Um, but that's how they're meeting these days. And we have to make sure that they're doing that in a safe way. And that's, what's most important to us as parents is, okay, this is how you're going to initiate a relationship. That's fine. But is this a real person? Um, is this person who they say they are? Um, and are you being safe in the way that you're going about it? That to me is the biggest concern with what I see, um, this population of kids doing. So I just have to say that when you put this in terms of comparing how we dated versus how our parents dated, 
that just gave me a whole new perspective on the situation. <laughs> I just never, I never sat back and thought about how different my dating life was from my parents or how different theirs was from the grandparents. Mm-hmm. And it makes absolute sense then that our kids would be quite different from us, especially because this is a time where the world has changed so dramatically from the time that we were high school and college versus our kids being in high school and college. I, I think this is a much different, I think the changes are much bigger Mm -hmm. than they were between like, you know, me and my parents. So that makes a lot of sense. And I love that you said, okay, we need boundaries, safety, and a healthy relationship. Because again, that's something I can break down. And I can even, if I want to talk to my kid, go, you know, I know you guys date way different than mm-hmm. we did. And I know your relationships in some ways will um, kind of logistically be different. Right. But it is still important to me that you are safe, that you're mm-hmm. in a healthy relationship. And part of that is having boundaries. So can we talk about that? Or if we see our kids doing something that we think is not supporting those things, it gives us a place to go, hey, you know, I, I noticed it seems like maybe you're having trouble drawing boundaries with this person. And even if our kids come back at us with, you don't understand, you're not dating now. Right. Now I feel like I could go, you're right. There's a lot I don't understand about your dating, but I do know that every healthy relationship needs good boundaries. Mm-hmm. Right. So even though, even though like the logistics of the dating has changed the, the, the boundaries and the expectations for how that relationship should be like carried out, they're, they're really the same. Um, and I think, so the biggest difference between, I'm thinking about how my grandparents met, like, I don't remember the exact story, but they lived in a very small town and it was like, oh, hey, there's so-and-so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think you should talk to him. And then you talk to him and then, you know, they fall in love and they get married. Whereas now you may be scrolling Instagram and, or TikTok and scroll across, you know, a, a guy or a girl that you think is super attractive. And you, you know, they always talk about sliding in the DMs. You know, you slide the DM, say, hey, you know, like you're, you know, they, you know, start the conversation. And so I think what, um, when it comes to boundaries, it's going to be specific for each person. But I feel like anytime the, the person feels that they need to be on call, that's kind of how I would describe it, on call for that other person, they have to be available for them. So um, if they... Um, not not have to be available for them. Like they're so excited to talk to them. They're going to make sure that they're like ready. <laughs> you know, like I want to be ready. He says, I'm going to call at nine. I want to be available at nine. It's not like that, but like, oh shoot. Like he called me and I missed it because I was on the phone with my friend. He's going to be mad. Like, is that something you want in your relationship? And I think that guys and girls alike need to be, uh, start their dating life with clear expectations of what they want in that relationship. So I know some people who have wonderful marriages, but they fight all the time. Like it's not a big deal for them to have a screaming match and cuss each other. That's how they do conflict. And then they love each other the next minute. They got it off their shoulders, off their back and they're, they're good to go. Like that's how they do relationships. Whereas in my relationship, if we yelled and screamed at each other, it causes damage to the relationship. For me going into my relationship, I knew that 
it was not going to be okay to be in a relationship with somebody who yelled at me. So when we got, we had a disagreement, they yelled or a name called. Like, I knew that's not something I was going to be okay with. Does that happen from time to time in a relationship? Yes, but I didn't want that to be my partner, my boyfriend's primary way of communicating with me. Like, and I, like I said, I know relationships where that's how people talk to each other and they've been married for years and they're happy. That's just how they do conflict. But I feel like each person has to have a clear expectation of what their boundaries are going into the relationship. And so I think a lot of that also depends on what kind of house you grew up in, you know, and kind mm-hmm. of for how, you know, what kind of relationship you want. But something I think is really concerning and, and is a hard, hard space for parents to navigate is when your, your children are having relationships online, like through TikTok and and Instagram and Facebook, probably not so much Facebook, but um, TikTok and Instagram, Snapchat, and even the dating apps. Because that is where um, the biggest difference is from when our grandparents were dating to the way kids are dating today and young adults. There are, you know, there's Tinder and um, other, I mean, I'm obviously not on them, but um, other apps where you just are on them to hook up. Mm-hmm. And that's the primary reason, or at least from my understanding, that's the primary reason for them is to hook up. That is very dangerous. And, um, that, and that's, that's the space that's so hard for parents is because once your kids, like, like your kids who are young adults, you still, you still want to protect them, but you also have to be very careful because if you say too much, they're going to shut you out and not tell you. Right. And then you have absolutely, you, you have no value in that space because they're not going to tell you. And if they, you say something, they're not going to listen. So, you know, I think it's important, like we talked about boundaries, letting them be really clear and then also helping them understand the dangers. Like maybe you think you're meeting this guy, but maybe you're not. If you really want to meet this guy, safe ways to go meet this person. So would it be safe to meet at a bar by yourself? Probably not. Would it be safe to meet maybe at a restaurant where you brought a friend with you? Yeah, that's much safer. So talking like if they're if they're going to choose to go through these apps or meet up with somebody that they've met through social media, helping them understand like this is the safe way to do this. Or, you know, when you get older children, <laughs> the, the better way to navigate is how do you think? the safest way to meet this person, meet up with this person would be and letting them, cause they know, but it's they important do. that you have that conversation. Yeah. They know like, Oh, should I meet this guy in a dark alley that I've never met before? No, that's <laughs> not very smart. But I think a lot of times they start to feel so connected with this person that they trust them. And even yes. though they have no idea who they are. Yes. And I know one of my girls played wingman a number of times for Mm -hmm. a couple of friends of hers at college who met people online and they were in a really tiny town. And so her friend would plan to meet up with the guy at the coffee shop and my daughter would just go and be in the coffee shop too. Mm -hmm. And they would do that for a while. And, you know, she would be her wingman until they kind of felt like this seemed like what it was online and got to know more about the other person. And, and I don't know all the detail of it because I didn't get into that. It, it wasn't my daughter actually meeting somebody. So I was a bit removed from that, but I did appreciate that 
they were at least trying to be safe about it. I have to admit that I breathed a big sigh of relief when my daughter was like, yeah, no, not, not my thing. I'm not mm-hmm. meeting people through dating apps and stuff. Um, and I, and I really, I agree with you that we need to ask them, you know, what do you think about this? Also, I think, um, expanding that conversation to be, well, what are you looking for in a relationship? Mm -hmm. What do you want? And what recommendations do you have if the answers come back with something that we feel, you know, as parents, we feel very uncomfortable with that we feel is an unhealthy boundary or an unhealthy uh, form of relating a relationship. What can we do at that point? I think something that you have to keep at, at the forefront of parenting when you're parenting young adults is that um, they're adults. And a lot of times, and I know like um, probably, you know, some of the biggest hardships I've seen between, you know, myself and my mom and other girls my age and their moms is that we have switched over to adults, but we're still being talked to like a child. And so, you know, being told what to do and that doesn't set well with a young adult because they're like, well, you, you know, you, you parented me the last 18 years, like it's time for me to make my own decisions. And so I feel like if you have developed a strong relationship with your child previous, like this is all like stuff that's going to happen before this conversation, do they feel heard when they talk to you or do they just feel like every time you talk to them? that they're going to be disciplined or told what to do or, you know, be put down in some way. Because if that is the the mindset going in, it's not going to matter what you say because they're not going to listen to you. But I think that if there is something, so for example, like let's just use it, what, we, what we've been talking about. If they're speaking with somebody online who they don't know, you just have to, have an open conversation with them about navigating it. So if they're planning to meet up this person they met online, you're like, Oh, okay. So, you know, I would love to know more about it. You need to act like you're interested in the whole story, not just her safety because, or his safety. Cause you, you know, I mean, I, I always go back to girls because I am a girl and I coach girls, but um, you know, like what, what's he like, you know, you finding out more about him. And then when she's like, Oh, we're going to meet it. Joe's bar tonight at, at 10 o'clock or nine o'clock. And you're like, Oh, okay. Well, um, are your friends going to be there trying to find out more information? She's like, no, it's just me and him. I think it's important and part of your responsibility to at least voice that, you know, there might be a better way. So what would be, okay. So you're meeting him at a bar tonight. It's late. Are your friends going to be there? And if she's like, no, my friends aren't going to be there, you know, you might make your suggestion. Well, you know, I had a friend who, um, she said her daughter would go be a wingman and just be there. Not like in the, not like at the table with you, but just be there. Like, would you be okay if, you know, do you think your friend Kayla would be okay with just coming and making sure it's all good? Like, you know, just brainstorming ideas with her without directly telling her what to do. Cause I think just from what I've seen, that's the biggest mistake parents are making is they want to tell their young adult children what to do and it doesn't fly. We do. We do. And that's, so this ties in really well with what we hear often and what we talk about in the mighty parenting community, which is that we want to build this relationship with our kids and starting Mm -hmm. 
really even before the teen years, you know, starting age appropriately as they're growing, just mm -hmm. keep giving them more responsibility for their lives, turning over the reins of their lives to them a bit at a time, or whenever we come to the realization that that's what we need to do, then start doing it. You know, if they're 17, when we go, oh, you know, it's that could have had a V8 moment, mm -hmm. then we start doing it at that time. And we're also all about curiosity, which is what you just said, you know, be curious, but be honestly curious and be honestly curious about every aspect of this relationship, not just the fact that they're going to go meet and, and then to put the ball in your child's court of going, you know, what do you think, do you think this is probably not, do you think this is a safe way? Cause they'll go, of course they do, but right. do you think there's another way that you can meet with them? And I think it's perfectly reasonable to go, you know, this sounds like a great person. Mm -hmm. I'm just as your mom, you know, I get a little concerned do you think that you could have somebody else go mm -hmm. just be in the restaurant with you? And, and I think it's okay to say that if they're not coming up with their own, because the other trap we can fall into as we're learning to have conversations in a new way is we can be manipulative and we can <laughs> say, I'm asking questions. I'm doing what mighty parenting said to do. And mm -hmm. there is a nuance to it that is manipulation rather than curiosity and our kids they have great radar for being mm -hmm. manipulated so that is even worse than just coming out and having you know a, a straight up oh i'm trying to discipline a, a young adult as if they were five right. i the manipulation comes across as worse because you're acting like you're interested in all of it when you're not. All you want is your own way. And that that's a big issue. It's more like a trust-based issue, mm -hmm. I feel like, with them when, when we try to manipulate. And we lose huge amounts of ground. So. Right. Yeah, and I think something else that's really important is how you've handled your child's mistakes in the past. So and I'm sure you guys talk about this a lot, but like if they make a mistake and they do something really dumb, like that puts them in danger, like how did you respond to that? Because if you, you know, you freaked out on them the first time they told you their plans to do something, like they're probably not going to be honest with you the second time. Like just to be real, they're probably going to tell you something that you want to hear so they can get out the door. And so I think that's really important. Like I said, I'm sure you guys talk about this, but it's all about, like you said, building those relationships from when they're young. It's like, okay, I talk to my son who's nine pretty regularly about what he wants in a partner someday. Like, so that when he gets to this age, like it's, we're not like sitting down on, you know, on when he's 20 and being like, so what do you want in a woman? He's like, oh, I've never thought about it. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like you want them to, to be like, okay, what, you know, does this person have the qualities that you want them to have? And there's just, you know, build, start starting that conversation from when they're little, because if you just ambush them with being so curious about their dating life when they're 17, but you've never, ever mentioned it before, it's going to be like, weird mom, why are you talking to me about this? I you know, love I that idea of just starting to pose that question because in my mind it opened up such a huge conversation and um christmas a couple of years ago 
it was interesting. My girls were taking down ornaments off the tree. Actually, the three of us were. And they got into that conversation just between the two of them of what they wanted in a partner. And I got the amazing opportunity to just be the fly on the wall. I mean, they knew I was there because I was right in front of their face, but I didn't say anything. I just listened to their conversation Mm -hmm. and it was fascinating to me and it was eye-opening, but I can see we're starting to have those conversations when they're younger would have great value, even if they don't want to get into it. You know, let's say that you, you're hearing this podcast saying you have a 15-year-old son. Mm-hmm. And you say, you know, I, I was kind of curious. You know, I was listening to some podcasts and I was thinking about stuff. And I'm like, what do you, like, what do you value in a partner? What would you want in a partner someday? Mm-hmm. I can totally see that that can go many different ways, including, <laughs> I don't know. And that's okay. And we can drop it there if we want to. We can bring it up some other time or, you know, have some other conversations. But you also planted that seed. Mm -hmm. So they're going to think about it, right? Right. And I think that's important because you don't use, oh my gosh, you do not want to get married based on lust. Like, that's the dumbest reason to get married. (laughs) Because, like, you know, you think they're really hot. So you want to you know, you want to marry him. Like, I I think it's important for you to be like, okay. So for example, my son says he wants to, he wants his, his wife to be pretty and nice. I mean, that's where we're starting. Okay. That's where like the foundation, he wants her to be pretty and he wants her to be nice. And so like, I think it's important that, so if he gets older and he's like, well, I want her, I want family to be important to her. Well, so when he does find a, a girl who he thinks is very attractive, but she doesn't, the family is not important to her. She wants to move off millions of miles away from her family and never see them again and wants him to go with her. Like he's going to be like, Whoa, that's not, that's not really what I had envisioned for myself, you know? And they'll start to, to have a better idea of what's a good fit and what's not a good fit earlier on in the relationship. It's kind of like going on a trip without a roadmap. But it's, these relationships are so important, possibly the, you know, the mother or father of your child. And then, you know, you're bringing a new person into your family dynamic. So it's really something that you should think about before you start doing it. (laughs) I mean, obviously, but like, who does that? Right. No, I, I love that. And that is a great thing because we talked a lot about the online part of dating. Let's, Mm -hmm. let's back up. I, I feel like I, backing up to high school a little bit more. Is the online that prevalent in high school or is that more of the post high school young adults? Okay. So apps, I definitely say that those are more college and post college, but it's through with high school. It's through the, it's not the dating apps. It's the social media apps. So TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, um, high school kids really aren't on Facebook much. So it's, it's meeting through those apps, like, you know, just seeing somebody that you find attractive or is doing something you want to do and just striking up that conversation there. So they're not like seeking out relationships by using these apps. They're using these apps and then relationships are developing from the app. Okay. That makes more sense. Cause I'm, part of me was just going, well, but this isn't geographically based. And when you're in high school, that's kind of a huge stumbling block to having mm-hmm. a relationship is if you're not in the same geographic area, that's going to be a right. little rough. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, it that definitely adds complications to it. And, you know, maybe, maybe that's a good thing. Um, you know, the kids I know who have relationships that have started on, um, on a social media app, they've, you know, typically went for somebody who was in a neighboring town. So, you know, they, okay. their friends, you know, they, their stuff came up because they, um, they're friends with somebody who's friends, you know, it, you know, Facebook makes suggestions to you should be friends with. And so does Instagram. When you follow one person, it says you should follow this person. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of how that develops with people that they don't actually know. And is that maybe sometimes an advantage because there's this whole, and I don't know how this plays out in social media today. You know, again, back when we were in school, there was no internet and sometimes it worked out better to date people from a different school. It let you get a little bit out of whatever pigeonhole you were kind of in, in your, in, inside your own high school. Does yeah, that I definitely still think play the more out? options you have, the better. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just think about my grandparents dating in a town of like 200 or something, like not many options there. So, I mean, I think definitely the more options you have, and I don't have a problem with dating apps. Like if you're old enough and mature enough and can make good decisions around who you meet up with and how you do that. I know several people who have met through, um, you know, some of the Christian based apps and mm-hmm. they're married and they're happy and they found exactly what they were looking for. I don't think it's a problem because um, the more options you have to choose from the better. And you're not gonna be like, well, this person, you know, I'm not going to find anybody better when actually there's like so many other people. I think it's good to have, um, a broader view of what is out there. Um, I typically dated guys, right. Some guys from other schools and it was just, it was just kind of refreshing to get out of the circle that I was in. Mm-hmm. Right. So well, I, and I, I did I that too. Thing. Yeah. So what about, what actually dating looks like. You know, oh, it used gosh. to be, you know, it used to be very different. It used to be guy asked you out, you know, you might go oftentimes in high school it was, you know, pizza and a movie, or you're going to a sporting event together as a couple. I don't believe that's really what it's looking like these days. So could it's you just, yeah, it just, it's, there's so much of it that's just based on technology and so much texting. And, you know, you don't see um, this generation on their, like talking on their phones. So they're having a lot of conversations over text. And like you mentioned earlier, a lot of really important conversations over text. And as we know, um, those of us who, you know, have done any research or had any experience in communication is that things get pretty skewed through text, whether it be email or text messaging. And that's how they're primarily communicating with each other, which is not good. (laughs) Like, it's just not good because, you know, you can't read the person, how they, the emotions that they have with what they're saying and their intent with the words that they said. But so much of it is on, on, you know, technology. You see young people out at dinner together. I say young people, I consider myself to be young, but these, you know, this generation, that's in, you know, late high school, college, that kind of time, you might see a group of friends at dinner and they're all on their phones. So I think what's happening is that when they're on their phones all the time, there's, they're not learning about each other as much as like we did. 
when, you know, in our dating relationships. And so that's probably the thing that looks really different to us is that they're not engaging in conversations as much as relationships in the past have, because there's so many other distractions. And as far as dating goes, um, I think that looks different for every, every couple and what, in what they do. I mean, Netflix and chill is really a big thing, which again, you have two people sitting there watching a screen instead of going for a hike or being out with no distractions, actually engaging in deep conversation, discussing important topics. Yeah. Although in all fairness, like I said, a lot of our high school dates involved a movie too. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I, but we would go and usually have dinner before or after or do something else. So I think there was a little more interaction. And like you said, it's different for everybody. We were just Mm -hmm. talking recently. My husband and I realized we're like, I mean, well, technically it was a time in life we were dating. It's like, we didn't really, I mean, we went on our first date Mm -hmm. and we went to his formal and I was like, I was trying to remember other quote unquote dates. We just, we were in college in a small town. And so we just started spending our time together. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, Hey, let's go on a date and let's figure this out and plan this out. It was just living our lives together mm-hmm. kind of from the time that we met and, and that's okay. That works. For us. That's kind of how we are now. It's like, we just enjoy living our lives together, whether that's that we're going for a hike or we're painting a room or you know, whatever it is. We just running errands. We enjoy running our errands together. Yeah. And not that we want to be together all the time because that is absolutely not the case. We are also people who need a fair amount of distance. You know, it's so um, I think, like you said, that that can be very different. But one of the things that also concerns me about the texting is what would be a short conversation can stretch out over the course of days because (laughs) they take all this time to absorb it and think about it. And it seems to me that all of that anxiety around that, I mean, I know physiologically I could talk to you about how anxiety affects the body and I'm telling you it's not good and it's not healthy, but I'm curious your take, if you've seen that too, where it's, you know, pondering it and thinking about it and with our girls, you know, talking to us about it and how do I deal with this? And and especially in the situation where it's, my girls like to have friends who are male, but the guys, of course, guys aren't real big into that. Eventually it hits the point where it's like, okay, let's just go out. And they're oftentimes like, "Mm, no. (laughs) And, And so, you know, trying to do this nuanced conversation in text messages that just goes on and on seems not good. No, it's not. It's it, no, it's not healthy. And here's another thing I thought of when you were, when you were asking us is that, you know, in a conversation, if you're asking an important question and you're obviously asking because you're expecting a response from the person. And then if you're face to face, then they like, they have time to think, but they, they're, you're, you're reading the facial expressions. You're getting like, you're reading a whole lot more than the words when you're face face with somebody. But what I've seen happen a lot is that the other person just won't text back. And so what's the other person doing? Sitting there wondering, why is he not texting back? 
and making up stories about it. Oh my gosh. Well, he, he's died in a car accident. He must be with another girl. Did he even get the message? Um, is he working or is he ignoring me? Well, of course he's ignoring me. Like why, this is an important question. Why is he not responding? Like, did I make him mad? Like why? It just doesn't make sense that we would add that stress to our lives, but it's, it's again, part of the way people are communicating. And Something I also want to say is that we can't overgeneralize because as I'm saying some of these things, I'm like, I know some other relationships that are not like that. And some kids who don't necessarily just text their significant other all the time. So I think that, you know, we, we have to keep in mind that every child or every young adult is different. They're doing their relationship in, in different ways. And I think that it's just our job as their their community and their support system to just come along beside them. And I keep using the word navigate, but, but help them navigate what's going on. Okay. So if I had a daughter, okay, every time you text him, y'all end up getting in a fight. So is, if this relationship's important to you, could you guys find a different way of communicating that maybe won't end in a fight or end in you being anxious because he's not messaging you back so helping them figure that out because as parents, we don't have all the answers. And as young adults, we have even less answers. <laughs> so we need, we need, you know, we, we all need somebody, I feel like older than us brainstorming. I was on a phone call yesterday with one of my friends who's um, in her seventies. She was like, well, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? She didn't tell me what to think or what to do because she's, older and wise, she was just like, oh, so this is, yeah, that's a problem. So, um, what do you think you should do about it? You know, like, what do you think? And the kids, um, the young adults, they have the answers, but sometimes they need us as the, as the community, as the parents to help guide them to that. Cause like I said earlier, they know, they know that it's not safe to meet people in certain situations, but it, we need to assist them and getting them to the, to the answer, the best answer. That makes a lot of sense in it. And it had, it sparked one more thought when you talked about this idea of brainstorming and we talk about our kids, whether it's dating or friendships, when it comes to relationships, it, there is a lot more technology involved here. And, and I know I'm very fortunate that I probably a combination of our lifestyle and, and where we live that my kids had a lot more face-to-face -face interaction mm -hmm. and, um, and, and the texting and things while I don't always understand is a level that I'm not personally uncomfortable with. But I also realized that our kids just may not even know like what they could go do for a date. So when you said brainstorming, I'm like, yeah, so we can ask those questions. You know, is there another way to handle this? Is there a safe way to do blank? But we can also do you know, I, I noticed that you haven't really had an opportunity or haven't seemed to meet up with your boyfriend, girlfriend, friends, whatever. Are there things that you could do? Like, is there something we could do to, to make the house more, a more usable, friendly space for you? Or do you want to brainstorm ideas of things you could do? Cause they can go, you know, they can go bowling, they can go hiking, they can go miniature golfing, they can go, hang gliding they can you know whatever but I, again i think maybe offering up 
the 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 opportunity to to brainstorm and to just think about some of those things a little bit differently. Again, not with the expectation that they do it our way, but seeing if they go, oh, you know, like it catches their interest and they're going, yeah, it'd be really cool to think of some things we could do. Right. I I did this with my family just like for us, for the four of us, because Mm -hmm. we're we're in this place where it's going to be the last time that the four of us are going to live in the same house at the same time. And I was going, okay, I want a big list of things we can do besides the the kind of same few things that we tend to do. Yeah, you know, let's go for a hike, let's play a game, let's build a bonfire, let's watch something together. I mean, you know, we have kind of core things we tend to do. And I said, we live in a tourist town, for goodness sake, you know, there are plenty of things we can do. So I did, I literally sat down and made a list and then I just keep adding to it. And we can do things like that with our kids, but also as parents, you know, offering up to make our space. Um, my mm-hmm. One of my girls worked a seasonal position and she got to be good friends with a guy there and they enjoy hanging out. I don't know if that will lead to something or not, but when she came back home, I had the conversation with her and said, you know, he's more than welcome to come up here and hang out and, you know, he can crash and spend the night. That's fine. You know, we have a a guest space that he can use. And I, I had that conversation with her, just letting her know that this was an option. And she was surprised. She hadn't thought about that, that he could actually drive up here. It's only 40 minutes that they could go do something or, or even if it's sit and watch movies, which is something they like to do. Right. There's a space they can do that. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think, I think you're a hundred percent is that, you know, again, like it's not our, not our job at this point. I have to tell them what to do, but to give them some healthy options. And I was just thinking when you're talking that something we love to do is just, we, we're in Arkansas. So, you know, nature is all around us. Like that's mm-hmm. where we live in the middle of. And a lot of times we get caught up in watching a movie or go into a sporting event or, um, you know, going to the practices and, um, we have show cattle and stuff like that, like getting all caught up in that stuff. And then we take the kids down to the river and on a gravel bar and they have the time of their life, you know? And it's like, Oh, well, this was, this was uh, free and, uh, just a few minutes from our house and was probably the best evening that we've had in a long time. And so, you know, just pointing out those things, cause they, um, I used to have a, have a teacher who always said, you ha- you have to think outside of the box. <laughs> like, he's always like, you're in the box. You got to get out of the box. Like, you know, I think that we, you don't want your, you or your child get caught up in what, what is normal? What is everybody else doing? But like, what would really feel good to go do? Would it feel good to go hang out at the river or to try a new activity or go for a hike and do something that we don't normally do together? So I think that's great. Yeah. And if, again, if you're in a more metropolitan area, you know, there's laser tag and virtual reality simulations and bowling and ice cream and walking outdoors, window shopping, um, just getting out and doing some things like that. So I, I appreciate this conversation, Joe Beth. I have to say, I feel better about the dating scene and how and what's going on <laughs> out there. And if I was going to sum it up, I, I would say that what I heard you tell us is continue building that strong relationship with our kids. Be honestly curious 
as I said, we don't want to be careful not to be manipulative as we're asking curiosity questions. And remember that while relationships change, boundaries, safety, and a healthy relationship are still what we want for our kids. And so that's a common ground we can have with them, even if the logistics have changed. Yep, absolutely. Okay, good. Well, for anyone who wants to connect with you further, where can they find you? So joebethevans.com. When you have a name like Joe Beth, you get to pick your domain pretty easily. Um, <laughs> so joebethevans.com is my website. And my website talks about basically the coaching that I do with girls transitioning from high school to college. And then um, Joe Beth Evans Life Coach on Instagram. And then I'm just Joe Beth Evans on Facebook. Like I said, when your name is Joe Beth Evans, I guess there's, there's some cool, you know, benefits to having a different name. So yeah, Joe Beth Evans. That's okay. me. You find me pretty much everywhere on that, under that. So I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to speak to you and your, your people today. And, and it's been interesting talking about relationships as always, always fascinating and so important. I agree. And I appreciate your time and mighty parents. I appreciate your time. Thank you for being here. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate review and share it so we can get this message out to other parents who need to hear it. Remember to visit mightyparenting.com and let your friends know that's there, including our free email series on communicating with your teen. Thanks again for being here today and being part of the mighty parenting community. Remember that you are a mighty parent. So you got this and I will see you next week.